Hi there, and welcome to the Royal Order of Sakamichi Knights. My name is Daniel Bellamy. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host and partner in crime, sorry, legitimate business, Matthew Boynton. How are you? Uh, top of the morning to you. Mm. Top of the evening, even. Yep. Uh, how does this fine day find you, Daniel Bellamy? Or should I say Sir Daniel of Bellamy? Yep. Uh, good. I recently been knighted. The mm-hmm. order that I just created. Yeah. Uh, Congratulations so, on know, that. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty good about it. What are some of the duties of this knightly order? No, that's the best thing. There are no duties. There's no duties on this duties. Knight, knightly order. <laughs> uh, I uh, received some questions the other day mm-hmm. uh, as part of uh, a hilarious bit um, from the uh, the podcast Ishikawa Summit to Z. Okay. Which um, I know you don't listen to podcasts mm, ever, no. but if you did, that would probably be in your top 10 of podcasts that you would listen to. Yeah, definitely. You've said that to me before. And the, the hilarious bit was that um, Casey sent me and Bobby Judo the same list of 10 questions. Mm-hmm. And then he would read the question and one of the answers to Joe. Right. And yeah, Joe had to guess figure out who's, yes, yeah, right. whose answer it was. Got it. Um, Joe absolutely crushed this quiz. I think if he didn't get 10 out of 10, he might have got 9 out of 10. It was a very strong performance. Wow. Clearly, both Bobby and I have very distinct voices yeah. and, uh, and differ about just about anything. Mm. But uh, I thought I might read you a few of the questions to okay. hear your replies um, to some of these. I'm not going to do all 10, yeah. um, but I do want you to be aware before we start that these take... A dark turn towards the end. I'm okay. not quite sure what kind of state of mind Casey was in when mm. he, he made the questions. Uh, but anyway, let's let's just go through a few of these. Okay. First one. What is your most attractive attribute? Uh, most attractive attribute. Physically, it's got to be the hair. The hair is pretty good. Mm. Um, but I think overall, I am a kind person. I care about people. Mm. Uh, I think that's the most attractive thing about me. I agree. You are kind and you have hair. Yeah, great hair. Next question. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Who? That that was the sound of an owl you just made. Yeah. (laughs) I used to be much more of a night owl, but uh, as I I think commonly happens to people as I get older, uh, I cannot sleep in in the morning. I wake up... uh, Pretty much no later than 7.30. That's not even early for some people. But I, no matter what time I go to bed, I kind of can't really sleep past that point anymore. Gone are the days of, a, of late night gaming sessions and long lions in the morning. That's Lion not, until not 12. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I used to be able to do that with ease. If it was just like, I don't want to get up, I'm not getting up, let's just sleep another three hours. That was fine. But now I'm wide awake at 7.30 no matter what. So you're kind of both then. You're staying up late, working in the bar playing video games, and then also getting up early in the morning. I'm both. Yeah. I'm a, uh, what was it? I'm a night bird. A night bird. Which, I guess, an owl. An early owl. You're an early owl. Yep. Okay, next question. Hmm. Um, What is a foreign language that you would like to learn? Uh, Japanese, I guess. (laughs) That was my answer as well. (laughs) the most practical for me right now. Okay. That's it. Yeah, nice, no, nice. Carry on. Simple answer. Mm. Uh, next question. Of the main chains in Japan, what is the best fast food restaurant? Oh, man. I'm quite partial to uh, Saizeria and Matsuya. Those are pretty different. Yeah. What is your favorite menu item at Saizeria? 
Uh, I don't know. I, I jump around a bit. They sometimes they do seasonal things, right? They mm -hmm. have something for just a month, so mm -hmm. that's that's uh, sometimes that stuff is really fun. But I'm definitely like I'm I'm going there for the pasta, right? I'm not right. You don't go to Caesarea and get the grill plate. Like, what kind of fool are you? I get the pizzas usually. Yeah, that's yeah. I yeah. mean, you're you're cool. It's fine Italian dining. That's, yeah, right. that's, that's yes. why you're there. That's why I'm there for the, the fine Italian dining and the one and a half liter bottle of wine yeah. for a thousand yen. I will also say that the spot, the difference they have on the kids' menu is genuinely quite difficult. Oh, uh, I've never seen it. You I should uh, next yeah. time ask for the kids' menu uh, and together with your one and a half liters of wine, you may, <laughs> you may struggle to finish that one. Um, I have had to Google the answers to it on more than one occasion. Right, right final question. Mm hmm if you had to die by being eaten, poisoned, or constricted, or otherwise killed by a wild animal, yeah. what animal would you choose? Ooh. Uh, I mean, if I have to. I, I want, That's part of the question. I yeah. want something that, uh, like, poison that is painless. There must be some kind of natural, mm. some animal. And it takes 70 to 80 years to have an effect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, being constricted, I guess... I guess if I had to rank those three, mm. painless poison is obviously number one. Okay. Like horrific poison is, is probably pretty bad. Being eaten, I think, is the worst. Uh, being constricted would be like, ooh, this is a nice hug. Uh, At what point does it... too tight. <laughs> it's off it's there, like boiling a frog, isn't it? At what point does the hug yeah. become too tight? I like a good tight hug, so I, mm. I imagine I, that I, you, yeah. I, might, I might enjoy it right up until just before the end. Hmm. Your, your corpse may uh, show signs of excitement <laughs> when they find you. Seems to have enjoyed this. So you're not going to pick an animal, but rather just rank the three the in order of, of, of method. I, you know, I don't know enough about uh, poisonous animals, right? Because, like, I, like I said, is, is there an animal that has, like, kind of a, a poison that's, that's chill? <laughs> it's going gonna, gonna to send me out, like... Mm. Is there a Kevorkian spider or something that's just gonna like ease me into the afterlife with a smile on my face, like high or just as fuck. be totally instant? Yeah, or just instantaneous. That's yeah. Oftentimes um, the instantaneous ones, we bandy the word instantaneous about when mm. it comes to deadly poisons, mm. and usually what they mean is like instantaneous is like you know after ten minutes of excruciating pain, two to three days yeah. of uh, constant right. diarrhea. Your intestines, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bobby Judo chose uh, being hit by a rhinoceros as he thought that would pretty much wipe him out instantly. So it's just any way to die from an animal. I thought it was literally those three. Yeah, like poison, poison constricted. constricted or otherwise killed by a wild oh, animal. Oh, okay. All right. Sorry. Yeah. What animal would you choose? Uh, We've gone all over the place on this question. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I want like the most... like. What kind of poison? More research is, is required about yeah. uh, the poisonous animals of the world. Is it, uh, if I don't have a firm answer, it's not going to happen to me, right? That's you're just researching. This. Uh, all the answer, all, all the information is in the questions. So uh, who knows what Casey has uh, planned for us mm. next? Hey, thanks very much, Casey, for sending those great questions great. into Sakamichi Nights, yeah. your favorite podcast. Mm. Now we're not just here to answer questions from listeners although we do love answering questions from listeners yeah. if you have any please do send them in what are we here to do on this podcast we are here to celebrate beer celebrate beer that's right we don't sell bad beer so we're not reviewing it we just drink in a good beer that we have either in our fridge or on tap every week and talking about it a little bit and this week we're going to talk about a beer from one of our favorite american breweries mm. 
What is that brewery? Virginia Beer Company is right. quite timely for this uh, the release of this podcast as well because this weekend we're going to do a tap takeover. We have seven kegs mm-hmm. of Virginia Beer Company beer that we will put on tap. Uh, start well, you know. I'm going to clean them and put them. Officially starts on Friday, but I'm going to clean them and put them on tap from tomorrow. Basically, you're going to be hard at work all day tomorrow cleaning the lines and put it on new beers. If we had planned this really well, mm. we would have already put on one of those kegs and we would be drinking that as part of this podcast. I think anybody who listens to this podcast knows that there's not a lot of planning. There here. is no planning at all. So instead, we're going to drink uh, one of the cans that we have in our mm. fridge, uh, Virginia Harvest. Yes. What can you tell me about this beer? Uh, it's a pale ale. Uh, I can't tell you a whole ton without picking up the can, but I do know that specifically it was made with... Uh, I think the, some of the malt bill was grown in Virginia. It's Virginia uh, malt. And that's why it's called Virginia Harvest, obviously. It all ties together there. Uh, I've already had a can of this. It's lovely. Good. Mm. You, that was a little pre-review there. Yeah. Or a pre-celebration. Pre-celebration. Pre-celebration, yeah. rather. Um, it, it says it's a collaborative effort with uh, their friends at Appalachian Grains, um, uh, an American-style pale ale brewed with southwest virginia grown barley mm. so it's really nice to use sort of locally sourced ingredients sure not just to reduce the food miles but also to get a kind of connection i think it would be a real dream of mine to to sit on a balcony looking over some amber waves of grain mm. and drinking the beer that was made from those very waves anyway. and you I mean you know grain the same kind of grain we talked about this a little bit earlier today with uh friend uh friend of sakamichi and customer at sakamichi but the hops grown in different places the same hop grown in different places is going to taste slightly different the same thing is true for grain right like nothing is going to turn yeah exactly nothing's going to turn out exactly the same uh even if it's the same uh the exact same variant of that grain Mm. so using locally sourced stuff when everybody else you know like a lot of the, the ingredients for beer come from the same kind of big producers uh, so they're going to offer the same character. So making a beer with uh, that same grain, but from a different provider grown in a different part of the country is definitely going to have a different effect on the final beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to have, you know, a slightly different character mm. than one that you made with grain from one of the major providers. I was reading the other day about terroirs and it's, it's interesting that it's not just about sort of the climate or the pH of the soil, but also about the sort of the bacteria, the microflora that mm. live in the soil, sure. and those interact with the plant and produce. That's part of what produces different flavors right. and different characteristics of food that is grown in different places. Mm. Really interesting. Hey, maybe we should plan a podcast about that someday. Mm. Maybe planning. Anyway, let's dive into the beer. Okay, we're back. So we've got two glasses of bright and sippable Virginia Harvest Pale Ale in front of us. What's the first thing you notice about looking at this beer? You know, it's got quite a nice bright orangey color to it. Right. I think sometimes pale ales at this 5.3% uh, come across quite a bit lighter and more yellowy, but this has a really nice orangey, coppery kind of sunset glow going mm. on. Those are amber waves of grain crashing into your grain. glass. Yeah, uh, it's it's quite 
a simple beer when you look at the recipe, isn't it? Um, according to the website, the the grain bill is just this Appalachian grains pilsner and a little bit of Munich malt. Mm. Gives it a little bit of a biscuity kind of sweetness, maybe a little bit of caramel in there as well. And then the hops, uh, it says on the, the hot side, they used Centennial and on the dry hops as well, just Centennial. Mm. And then for their yeast, do you want to read what that word says? Chiswick. Very good. Okay, yeah. you remember, yeah. The house uh, ale yeast, Chiswick yeast, that's right. So it's quite simple, but I don't know, the, uh, the, the finished product seems to have more complexity than that simple recipe mm. would, uh, would promise. There's definitely a little bit of sweetness. And I, I, I think that just using the Centennial, I think the whole point with, with this was to really uh, accentuate the grains, the malt bill. Like, what's the point of saying we're going to use locally sourced grains and then make a beer that's all about the hops? So I feel like for this pale ale, they wanted it to be a bit maltier, a bit more malt forward. Using just Centennial means you have kind of a clean, crisp, little bit of bitterness as the counterbalance, but really you're they're trying to let the, the malts shine through. Yeah, and uh, I have to say that normally I don't really like sweet beers. Mm. But this one, and I know there's, there's something about it's it's almost like a little hint of orange candy mm. at the back of the mouth, yeah. isn't it? It's not, you know, a full-on kind of cloying, sugary sweetness, mm. but some really nice, you know, crisp candy-like sweetness yeah. from the grain that expresses itself really well. It's a really nice, very a very crushable beer, if I was to coin a phrase mm. just now. Wow, what that's, a great word you just came up with. That's a new one for the podcast right there. Mm. Find that word itself crushable. We're crushing that that word, yeah. just like we're crushing this podcast. Yep, I quite like the can art on this one as well. You mentioned the kind of amber waves of grain, and uh, it's, they've got a real almost Art Deco kind of uh, representation of rolling hills uh, of of grain in various stages of you know some of it's kind of pinkish and yellowish in different colors and. It looks great. It looks like what you had said, right? Sitting on a porch somewhere, sipping a glass of this and looking out over your fields. Uh, yeah, I, I really like the art style of this label. It's very evocative, isn't mm. it? And it, it ties in well with the beer because it's quite a simple palette. There aren't a lot of colors on there, mm. but it it suggests more than you might assume mm. there is. Right. Just uh, through kind of skillful application of the brush mm -hmm. or skillful application of the grains or however you want to look at it. Now, whenever we drink a beer on this podcast, we also like to pair it with something by spinning the wheel of pairings. There are eight options here. They are number one, food or cuisine. Number two, TV or movies. Number three, music. Number four, video game. Number five, location. Number six, activity. Number seven, drinking companion. And number eight, wild card. Mm. So you're nodding in agreement yeah. there. Uh, what were the last two things that we picked? Oh, Jesus. Uh... I know that... Uh, had, with Phoebe, we had activity, last, yeah. and it, with Matt last time, it was TV and movies, wasn't it? No, Phoebe's it was activity. TV and movies because I said Footloose and I want to change the dancing, and then with Matt it was music uh, because he he referenced a violent film Femmes song, Flaming Lips song. No, yes, you're right. I remember because I chose David Hasselhoff singing right. on top Give of the bell Yeah. Uh, that's right. Okay, so we're not going to choose either of those. Okay. Let's spin the wheel of pairings right. and see what we get. 
Number eight, Wild Card. Ooh. It's been a while since we've had this one. Can I choose TV or movies and yeah, music? You can choose it's anything you want. Man, love Wild Card Day. Can I choose sitting on a porch looking out over my field of amber waves of grain gently rolling in the sunset? You can choose that idea if you want. I'd like to, I'd like to dig in a little more to where you came up with that sitting. concept. <laughs> it occurred to me. It seems like a nice thing to do, but all right. Have I said tubin? You have, on more than one occasion, hmm. we've gone down the Tubin, uh, Tubin River a few times. Feels fresh, though. Yeah, are you ready? What do you uh, got? I'm going to choose um, something I don't think we've had on this podcast before, which is my secondary school music class. Okay. That's what I would like to pair with this, uh, because I think I'm right in remembering this. It was... It sticks in my memory that it was the last class we had on Friday afternoons. Mm, right. So it tasted like impending freedom. Yeah. And I think often if I'm going to sit down and have a few beers, I will start either with a Pilsner or a Pale Ale. Mm -hmm. And I think this Pale Ale would be an excellent place to start a bit of a session. Right. You know, it's, it's clean, it's simple, it's deliciously crushable right again to coin that phrase mm, uh, but it's got a bit of complexity right so you're kind of warming up your palate you're getting ready for some more extreme beers perhaps mm. uh, and you're getting ready for that that sweet sweet freedom that is on its way right and so in my mind that's connected with music class mm. in secondary school right you're about to get out. So you'd like to drink this in a school with a bunch of children that's what you're saying I would also be a child at the time I think I'd be 13 or 14 years old okay that makes it better. Uh, I'd be, you know, putting my feet up on the desk, cracking open a can right. of this, um, yeah. giving uh, Mr. whatever his name was, the teacher, a nice big wink. Yeah. And You'd just, have uh, one for him, obviously. Like, you know, no. maybe I would. Right. Um, if rumors were to be believed, he did enjoy a drink. So <laughs> <laughs> I might toss him one across the room. Yeah. And uh, we'd both um, sort of sit there enjoying each other's company, perhaps listening to some jazz hmm. uh, and getting ready for the weekend. Right. Okay, excellent. That's my choice. How about you? Uh, I would like to drink this beer with my brother. Okay. Uh, my brother lives in Virginia, oh, so right. uh, this would be right up his alley. Um, he will drink good beer, mm -hmm. and I think he appreciates it. But uh, in general, if left to his own devices, he drinks trash, uh, like PBR and things like that. Mm. Um, I mean, I hesitate to say trash, but, you know. We're not here to review beers. Yeah, and it's trash. So he'll drink stuff like that. But, uh, you know, we we don't see each other that often. He has uh, he has a career, and he's got three kids, and, you know, he's got all kinds of stuff going on. And, uh, and, and, you know, we both have our things going on. We live on opposite sides of the world, and obviously two years of pandemic has been a little bit difficult for uh, international travel. So I think it would be good to sit with him. Uh, he's got a big house in Virginia and sit on the, on the porch and, you know, sip a couple of these of a summer's eve, uh, catching up and shooting the shit. I think that would be pretty good. Looking out over those amber waves of grain outside his house. You know, he just moved. I don't know. What, so his old house was great, but I guess uh, his old house, they had a big backyard and it ran down to, there was like a creek, a little, like a tiny little creek, creek. Mm. 
a little river kind of thing running through the back of it. Sure, a creek. A uh, creek, yeah. So uh, it was great for, like, aesthetically that was very nice, but it was it was completely full of mosquitoes right. all, the whole time through right. the summer. Yes. But that would, that theoretically, in a world without mosquitoes, that was a great place to sit. It would have been a great place to sit and drink this beer and catch up. He's just recently moved into a new house. Same city, like same little town. Uh, but somewhere else. Sounds I, called Mosquitoville, uh, Virginia. Oddly enough, it's not. But um, I'm not sure about the porch situation in the new house. Mm. I'm certain there is a porch. Uh, but what it looks out on, is it looking out on amber waves of grain? I don't know. It is in Virginia, so there's a possibility. I think um, you would like to be sitting on that porch, drinking one of these beers, and tucking into a nice bowl of prestige mac and cheese. Oh, yeah. I told you about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can you describe to us what prestige mac and cheese is? So my brother and his my brother likes cooking, and uh, especially his oldest boy also likes cooking. And at some point, uh, his children are are pretty well. One's in university, and one's a senior in high school, and the other one's a sophomore, junior in high school. So they're you know they're pretty well grown, but they are into cooking. They like making stuff. And one day on a whim, they were in the supermarket uh, shopping for uh, dinner. They decided to make some mac and cheese, and they decided to go all out. And they spent $50 on cheese. Now, $50 on cheese in Japan might get you like 200 grams of... A small block of cheddar. $50 on cheese in America, like you could build a house with that much cheese. So they spent 50 bucks on like some really, like five different kinds of really fancy cheese. cheese. And this became kind of a uh, a special dish they made on special occasion. They called it Prestige Mac, which uh, has $50 worth of cheese in it. Mm. So that's that's a double pairing we're getting there, or even a triple pairing. We've got a companion, a place, and a food. Yeah, hey man, wild card. I go all out. What are you going to be listening to while you're on this porch? Medeski, Martin, and Wood. Yep. We had that cranking in here a little in the bit evening. Of, a little bit of jazz, yeah. yeah. That sounds mm. like a pretty good time. Mm. Wild card's good, man. You can just you can go all over the place with that. What are some of the beers that we are going to be enjoying for the Virginia Beer Tap? Takeover. Why don't we go through them a bit? Do so you want to go through all of them? Yeah, why don't we go through all of them? Let's talk, talk about, about uh, two that we've already had. Okay. Uh, there's two that we've had both on tap and in cans before. Uh, one of them is called Saving Daylight, which I, well, I mean, I, I love all of these, but uh, Saving Daylight is a, a wheat beer, a citrus wheat beer that they make with grapefruit and orange peel. Mm. Uh, it's awesome. It's light, crisp, refreshing, uh, you know, citrusy, like it's great. It's got everything you want from mm. a kind of a wheat beer, doesn't yeah. it? That's a really good one. Uh, and the other one we've had before is Freeverse. They don't call it a hazy IPA. It's an unfiltered IPA. So right. they don't class it as hazy, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure it does. If I remember correctly, it does pour hazy. But uh, that's an unfiltered IPA. I think it comes 6.5%, I think, around that range. 6.8, it says here. Right. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, I remember we had that on tap and in cans. It's really an excellent beer as well. That's kind of one of their flagship beers, mm. isn't it? And it's a really, really excellent American IPA. One of the ones that I'm looking forward to from this lineup, uh, which is a beer I haven't ever had, uh, it's called A Beer About Nothing, Yeah, which is a New Zealand-style pilsner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told that to my wife the other day. And she was like, I didn't realize New Zealand made pilsners. Mm. What is a New Zealand-style pilsner? Right. But I, I think that might be a slight misunderstanding, isn't it, that it uses lots of New Zealand hops yes. yeah. in a Pilsner yeah. beer, right? We've made some beers with New Zealand hops before, and they have most, a lot of them have like a really interesting kind of tropical fruit mm. character to them. 
um, our golden kiwi uses uh, are used New Zealand hops, yep. and the, uh, the the Oni Cohen Kelsch yep. also uses them. So I'm really looking forward to sort of seeing how what can be quite a, a classic German style of beer mm. can interplay with some really funky and very sort of up to the minute modern tropical fruity hops. Yeah, I'm pretty keen on that one as well. That one's going to be pretty delicious. Which ones, which other ones are you looking forward to? Uh, I, I'm quite excited. We're getting an ESB from them, an extra mm. special bitter. I'm a big fan of this style. It's malty and kind of mild, uh, but with a lot of depth of character through the malt, a bit of sweetness to it. It's called Pearly's ESB. Um, I don't know that we've had anything like that from them before. Not from them, no. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty keen to see their take on that. I like that style. I like Virginia Beer Company, so uh, I feel like it's going to be an interesting beer for me to try. They were all over in the UK recently as well, or some of them were yeah, anyway, that's right, yeah. doing an event over there, which looked like a lot of fun. Mm. Um, the other beers that we have coming in, there is a, an American porter called Old School Porter. Mm. I do like a nice dark beer, yeah. so I'm looking forward to trying that one. Um, there is a double IPA with 100% citra hops, that's going to be popular, yeah. uh, called Fresh Powder. Mm. And then the one that I think we both saw on the list and said, okay, well, we need to get Definitely this one, that. is uh, Bramble On, which is an imperial fruited sour with blackberries pomegranate and lime zest i don't think i've ever had a beer with pomegranate mm, in it before yeah I'm not That's sure a i have pretty either. unusual ingredient that one's eight percent too eight eight point oh i think yeah 8.0%. Uh, i'm pretty excited about trying that that sounds really great that and the double ipa are the two biggest beers yeah. on this list the double IPA is called fresh powder That's when they release uh every year when the when the ski slopes open right uh, that's a regular for them. And it's kind of a big weekend, I think, right? Because people go out and go skiing on the first first weekend that the lifts are open and then they come back and it's the same weekend that they have launched like that year's fresh powder. Do people ski in Virginia? Yeah, yeah absolutely. On the mountains, Appalachians. yeah. Sure. Interesting. I always thought the Appalachians as not being that big because they're really old, right? They're really old mountains. So they've kind of been worn down over mm. time. I don't know. I guess I've never been. Maybe I should pay a visit. A lot hey, do you of people, think the company should pay for my uh, flights to uh, to Virginia to visit Virginia Brewing? To visit my brother. Yes, to visit your brother, to sit on his porch, eating some prestige mac and cheese. Uh, there's no chance that you are going to live out that dream before me. There's no way. Maybe simultaneously I could understand. A lot of people cycle across the U.S. They go like from uh, from the east to the west. And the interesting thing that people say is that the Appalachian Mountains are much harder for them than the Rockies. And the Rockies are like twice as tall. Right. But if you start in like in or around New York City, you've only been on the road a few weeks by the time you hit the Appalachian Mountains. So if you're not already in good cycling shape right. while you're touring like with all your gear, those mountains are quite hard. But by the time you hit the Rockies, this is, you know, two months later. You've been cycling every day for months. You're yes, in pretty you're good, in pretty good pretty shape. Good so interestingly, people often say that the Rockies were much easier for them, despite being, I'm not sure exactly, but, you know, twice the altitude that the, the Appalachian Mountains are. Yeah, I guess you kind of, you figure out how to load your bike in the correct way mm. as well, right? You, you may not have quite, you know, worked out how to balance it and how to get everything sure. set up in the correct way. And just You get better mentally time. about climbing as well, yeah. I think. Well, uh, overall, I am very much looking forward to having all of these beers on tap. Um, 
they're going to be going on sort of through the day mm. today, Thursday, yep. when you're listening to this, um, as Dan is hard at work cleaning the lines and putting new beers on. So all of them will be on by 12 o'clock on Friday. Uh, we, we're going to have uh, a fair amount of Virginia Beer Company merchandise as well. Some t-shirts, some hats, some pint glasses, uh, all kinds of stuff going on. So uh, as, as we have done in the past for events like this, if you order a glass of Virginia Beer Company beer, which is going to be hard not to do, we're only going to have Shibasaki Session on on the final tap. Uh, but if you order a VBC beer, you'll get a ticket. We'll put it in a drawing. Uh, and then we'll draw for those prizes uh, once the weekend finishes. Yeah, we may also do some uh, rock, scissors, paper contests or, yep. or other things, depending some on kind of how, tournament how the weekend shakes mm. out. Uh, but there's a lot to look forward to over this weekend. Absolutely. Do we have anything else in the fridge interesting coming up? Or right now in there? You know, we've got a really exciting beer coming in on Friday. Would you like me to tell you about it? Yes, I would. Well, actually, I know you're pretty hot. We're getting another case of uh, uh, peanut butter milk stout in from Belching Beavers, yes, one of please. your absolute favorite beers. Yes. Uh, so that'll be in the fridge. Um, not for very long. Not for very long. But uh, we're also getting Firestone Walker is one of the, you know, they've been around for 25 years. Uh, one of the biggest breweries, craft breweries in America. They make excellent, excellent beer. Uh, we got a case of their 25th anniversary barrel-aged ale. So it's a strong ale. Uh, comes in, I think, 11.5%. It's a, it's a bit of a heater. Um, but that uh, that just seems like a great beer. Number one, they've been around 25 years. That's quite a long time in yeah. craft beer terms. Uh, they still make excellent, excellent beer. I'm sure that beer is going to be great. But also, it's a beer that you can cellar. You could buy... A few bottles of that, say two bottles, you could drink one and you could stash one and keep it. It's mm. barrel-aged, high-alcohol ale. You could let that age for... Wait until the 50th anniversary. Yeah, maybe not quite 25 years, but I mean, you could age that for eight, nine years and, and pop it and, uh, and see how it's developed. I think general rule of thumb is that you don't want to age beer more than 10 years, right? Past that point, it's a real crapshoot on whether it's actually going to be drinkable or not. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've never tried aging a beer that long. Mm. So uh, I don't know. I guess it really depends on the kind of seal that you have on the bottle. Sure. Whatever. But uh, anyway, that's, that's that's pretty exciting. 25th anniversary beer, you know. That's a very rare ale. occurrence as well. Yeah, I yeah. don't think we've ever had a 25th anniversary beer in here. Sure, we did. Before. We had the stone one. Was that 25th as yeah. well? Crikey. That was a hell of a beer. Yeah, it was right? a great beer. Kind of apricot. Triple IPA, was yeah, it? That was, yeah. That was quite something. Well, this is only the second ever 25th right. anniversary beer that we'll have in. We also have uh, the 10th and 11th anniversary mm. bottles from Westbrook. Um, there are a few of those left that I haven't stashed for myself <laughs> in the fridge in the back. Uh, the 10th anniversary, if I'm remembering correctly, has marshmallows, hazelnuts, and peanut butter. Yeah, something like that. I think that's right. And the beer. 11th anniversary, these are both Imperial Stouts, 10%. The 11th anniversary has chocolate, cacao nibs, and caramel. Mm. Both of those extremely up my alley. Yeah. The 10th anniversary was great. We had it. We had bottles of it last year. So uh, to be able to snag some again, especially, you know, again, it, it's now a year older. It's mm. had a year to kind of just steep in those flavors uh, in its own deliciousness. I think that's going to be even better now. And to, to have the 11th anniversary one side by side, that's kind of... Uh, I don't know, two of those and a few friends, that's a pretty good evening. 
Crikey. Crikey. What a weekend we have in store for mm. everybody in Tachikawa. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. As I said, if you do have any questions, if you want to get in touch with us, just drop us a line on Twitter or Instagram. Mm. Put a comment under this episode. We're always very happy to answer questions. Uh, but either way, we will look forward to seeing you this weekend or to talking to you again next week. Thanks for coming in, everybody. Please join us for the VBC Tap Takeover this weekend. See you next time, everybody.